The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Neil, the rebound. Kevin Alley brings it up. Throws it across. Miller for three. Oh, he backed it in. He backed it in. And the game is tied. We're going to overtime. Over the rebound for his ninth. 18 points, nine rebounds, six oh. assists. For oh, 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 oh the chicken. Double time. Yeah. Welcome to the NBA, my friend. Turner sets the screen. Oh, 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 no. oh no. right Don't let him throw it down like that. Victor on the deep Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Born Ready to Pod Podcast. Welcome to episode 39 of the Born Ready to Pod Podcast. My name is Chris Cook. Sitting next to me, as always, Eric Hawk. And Jake Light is not here. <laughs> so not as always. Not as always, but we always have to start with that. So Jake Light, he is out this week. He is uh, on a coaching expedition. Good luck to him on sectionals. He's got a big game Friday night. His Taylor Titans team, I believe, he, uh, when I last looked, they were 3-19 and on the season. So Coach Light has three wins this year. So he's looking for a sectional title. He's got the bye. Um, so he's he's scouting right now while we're uh, recording this episode. So good luck to him. And he's got combine uh, events this week. Uh, he's also a big combine guy down there getting autographs from 22-year-old kids. Yeah. So Important. good luck, Jake. I know you're listening to this uh, here this morning, and we wish you the best this week. So filling in today, we have a special guest host for Jake Light. Today we have Jared New, who's uh, been uh, one of our biggest followers on Twitter uh, he has always interacts with us on Twitter, pretty much just really pumps us up and makes us feel good about ourselves. So Jared, welcome to the Born Ready to Pod podcast. You've been on before for a little bit, but today as a special guest, how does it feel? I feel like I have achieved everything in life that I needed to achieve at this point right here. This is a stepping if, stone. If, if, if I got hit by a bolt of lightning outside, I could die happy knowing that I have guest host. The Born Ready to Pod. That, that, makes, that means a lot to us. <laughs> episode 39. So, yeah, 39 episodes in, and you finally made it. Uh, you know, we uh, we had asked, I, I will admit, we asked some other people before we asked you. Uh, <laughs> and Don't they, tell them <laughs> I'm just messing. We asked, like, two guys that uh, that are friends of ours, and they, they cold-shouldered us. So then you were the first guy that we thought of. Um, and... Uh, we're just going to have a good time like usual, talk about the regular stuff. And you know what? If you do a better job than Jake, <laughs> maybe we'll think about making this a regular thing. Hey, I mean, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes, <laughs> that's the way it will be. There, right. I mean, I, I, I am ruthless in nature, so this is how it will work out, maybe. <laughs> that's good to hear. All right, so uh, we're going to open it up like we always do, talking about the Indiana Pacers. This is a Pacers podcast. Uh, since we last recorded, the Pacers have played three games, one at home, two on the road, uh, right after the All-Star break. 
They played against the uh, Pelicans Friday night, overcame a 20-point deficit there against the Pelicans. Uh, and Saturday night, they got a nice win there in Washington. Uh, they were up most of the game. Washington made a little comeback there at the end, but the Pacers were able to squeak that one out. And then last night, they played at Detroit. Just a big mess of a game right there. It felt like that game never ended. So, Hawk, I'll let you start. And, Jared, you just chime in whenever you got a thought or after Hawk's finished. So, uh, what are your thoughts on the three games you've watched since the break? Uh, you know, I think going two and one is reasonable for the Pacers. Yeah, reasonable. I said one and one at least for the weekend games. Uh, I wish they would have went three and zero. Oh, but what do you think about watching those first three games against those subpar five hundred teams to start off? The Pelicans game was really fun just because it was one of our classic slow starts, and then Wes Matthews got hot, and I just remember Thad Young playing his ass off. So. That was one of those games where last year we've come back from 20-point deficits. I think this was our first comeback from a 20-point deficit this year. Maybe our second, but it was just impressive Maybe it's all been around. Close. And then the Washington game, just a classic Washington game, another slow start, and then Thad Young what, just didn't miss in the first half. That was nice to see. And then the Detroit game was the one that kind of made me mad because it was another freaking slow start. Thad Young played his ass off again, got offensive board after offensive board. There definitely was an officiated conspiracy on board somewhere. I mean, that was the worst officiated game I could think of this season. Maybe there's probably some others that could be thrown in there, but that one sticks out to me as the absolute worst. And then the Sabonis injury just kind of put a cap on a a shitty night. I said in the third, it felt like we were going to lose this game just because we kept getting close and we just couldn't get over that hump. And that's what turned out to be true. And and Blake Griffin's such a little baby, a crybaby bitch. He just... It's so annoying to watch him. Like, the Kardashians made him soft. And those are my thoughts. How about you, Jared? I I, I mean, I pretty much agree as, as well as the, you know, you know, the Pistons game goes. Officiating was absolutely horrendous in that game. Um, and I know, you know, us being a small market team as well as, you know, being just homers as it is, I think we often feel that that officiating doesn't go our way just in general, um, but it felt yeah. way more so in that game. Um, and I agree. I mean, Blake Blake is is a great basketball player. There's no question about it. But I agree. He is a crybaby, and it is very annoying. I will never I will never forget. And someday, when the book of basketball is written on this era, one thing that I will gladly point out to my children and grandchildren someday is that game where he was literally pointing on a tablet the missed call. It drove me yes. crazy watching that. That was awesome. Maddening. Um, but one thing i, I got to say here as well, especially in mentioning the New Orleans game and, and, and Wes getting hot, I absolutely love that dude, and I am so glad that he is on our team. Yeah. Even in nights where he doesn't you know, come out and necessarily score, it's just he's always bringing that 110% every game he always brings some positive impact, whether it's on shooting or, you know, just playing great defense or just whatever. He's always coming out bringing some level of of good to us, and I'm just really glad we got him. He's a pacer through through and through for sure. Yeah, he's he's a very streaky streaky shooter. Uh, but I mean, most shooters in the NBA, if you're, unless you're Steph Curry, you're going to be like that. Nights you're going to be absolutely on fire, and then other nights you it's like you can't make a bucket. So I see a lot of people complaining about that. Every time he shoots a three that he's not making it. Uh, but defensively, I mean, you can just tell he hustles his butt off uh, and he works his ass off on the defensive end. So that's definitely more so than the three-point shooting why I really have enjoyed watching him so far. 
Um, so speaking of, you brought up the hockey, brought up the conspiracy theory with the officiating. You had a text message last night about the Sharks in Vegas or something like that. I want you to talk about that theory to our listeners. Kind of explain uh, what your thoughts were, if you can remember. Yeah, I'm just thinking, and I was just thinking kind of along the Tim Donaghy lines about these fixed games. And we were plus two and a half, so would it make sense for us to win the game? It was a better favorable outcome. But I think a shark somewhere, maybe he got the score early when it was even, and he just put all the money he had on it, and he paid. Those officials were paid. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that was the worst game I'd ever seen. So if Donaghy, he's still puppeteering or, I don't know, Silver maybe is involved in this conspiracy. Something's going on, maybe all the way to the top, and it's it's unsettling, to say the least. Yeah, I couldn't uh, couldn't agree more with that. Uh <laughs> There was a play where Blake Griffin was literally, like, I forget who he was, like, sitting on top of. And uh, he was, like, it might have been Thad Young. I don't remember who it was. But he was, like, holding him down. You're talking about Bojan. It was Bojan. Maybe. I can't remember. There were so many plays that were just so iffy. Yeah. And he was just holding him down. The officials just swallowed the call. And then there was a jump ball play where, and we're going to play that clip later, where Daenery just absolutely loses it. Yeah. He goes ape shit on the officials. How Chris, is that a jump ball? Yeah. Chris Daenery's not going to, like, he's not going to be the guy that gets in your face and starts something. But if you make him mad, I mean, he's going to let you hear about it. And last night, solid 15 seconds, Daenery was just livid. I hate that Blake Griffin shoots threes at, a, like, a decent pace, too. Like, it's so frustrating. Because it doesn't look good, and he's a terrible free throw shooter, so... It just doesn't make sense. But yeah, I guess that's something we got to deal with now. Hopefully, he's not in Detroit for long. Yeah, and we had the Sabonis news. So, Jared, let me ask you this question: uh, Sabonis news came out today. He got hurt there, and I think the final minute of the game last night. So, uh, what do you think going forward? He's at least—it's not anything serious, but he's going to miss a few games. So, he'll probably be out like a week or something. Do you think the Pacers are going to be able to manage the load off the bench without him? Uh, getting that scoring and, you know, toughness punch coming off the bench from Sabonis? I mean, logic would say no, but, I mean, based off of our our history, it's just, I mean, you know, we lost a superstar and then have basically not lost a step at all. So, I mean, it's just, you know, losing a guy like Sabonis is obviously tough, especially because, you know, one of our biggest strengths is indeed our bench, but it's just we seem to be able to have this ability to just slide the next guy in and just, you know, attack with that. And, and I I think the Kylo Quinn, especially in the offseason, I remember being, you know, pretty happy about that signing. And he's not you know, necessarily a guy that's going to bring the same, you know, level of, of good that Sabonis does, but he can certainly play. And, and I certainly think that he would be, you know, a good fit, at least temporary for us. Yeah, I, I mean, agree. All, all signs point to yes, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, and I saw today, too, there was a report that T.J. Leaf is actually probably going to pick up more minutes. So you think O'Quinn's okay. going to get most of them, but I saw that T.J. Leaf will be getting... The plan is to give him more minutes. Which I'm fine with, because, I mean, after these... Now's the it's time a little to... stretch. We've already secured the playoffs, basically. I mean, let's be honest, we're in the playoffs. So give him a little run. We'll see what happens, because he's been playing. He's, been, he's earned those minutes, I'd say, this last month or two. Speaking of, you know the guy that was in our mentions that I called out the other day about saying the Pacers would be lucky to make 40 wins this year. Yes. Now he's changed his story. I saw the other day I, I, when I, I was drinking when I texted it, so that's why. So I had got on his page, and now his argument has went from 40 wins to they're going to be the sixth seed. Okay. So he thinks the Nets are going to come back from like an eight-game deficit. They have 32 or one wins, so yeah, they're like 10 games behind us. Yeah, with like 20 games remaining, so... 
It's uh, tough. You got to keep switching your argument every time you every time you're wrong. I respect it. Yeah, um, mix it up. So whatever. Anyways, big video coming out for that guy here soon. Um, upcoming schedule for the Pacers this week. They play uh, tonight, tomorrow night, however you want to call it, because we're recording the day before, against the Dallas Mavericks. The Mavericks currently 13, 13th in the West, eight games under 500. they They're looking to tank. Uh, Thursday night, they're back in Indy. They play against the Timberwolves, currently 10th in the West. Uh, they're right, hovering right around 500. And then Saturday, they uh, are back home again against the Orlando Magic, currently 9th in the East. Magic, as it stands right now, five games under 500. So, can the Pacers finish 3-0 and this week? I think for this game in Dallas specifically, I watched them the other night against the Clippers, and Doncic was just unbelievable. I mean, him, Hardaway, and even Powell that game had good games. So, those are the guys you're going to have to kind of key on. Doncic, what, only played like six minutes the first time we played him. So you think maybe that... Plus he got ejected. He's a competitor. He might remember that. That might come into factor mm-hmm. a little bit. We're going to have to key on him the most because that man is... He's he's young, but he's he's an unbelievable player already. So I don't think these guys on their team want to tank. Like I, don't, I think that's kind of just like a falsehood. But we're still going to have to bring it. Miles Turner, hometown game. You know, hopefully he, he steps up and has a big game. You know, I wouldn't say he had a bad game against... You know, the Pistons necessarily kind of like a rough you gotta start. you got to consider, too, he's been off for like two weeks. But he had some amazing blocks, yeah. so he, he's definitely playing D. So I, I think that – I'd look for him to have a big game, I'm saying. What about you, Jared? What do you think? I mean, I agree as well. You know, Dallas is a team that, you know, is – Doncic is obviously, fan, you know, fantastic, and you have to prepare for him in every way, but – you know, they have some other pieces on that team as well that can certainly cause problems for you, especially, you know, I know that people talk about Tim Hardaway Jr. having a terrible contract and all the time, and I think that, you know, it gets swept under the rug, under the rug with him is in reality he's actually a pretty good basketball player and has been. You know, he's fully capable of being a guy that can quickly put 35 on you. But on this, you know, on this next three-game stretch, though, honestly the team that scares me the most out of these three, though, is Orlando because right now they're only a half a game out of the playoffs. Yeah. And, and that's a team that it's just, you know, they've been out of the playoffs for so long now. And I, I really feel like that's, you know, as well, that's a fan base that is clamoring for, you know, playoff appearance. And for them, it's why not go for it? You know, they're in the same kind of position as the Nets. It's just, you're right there. Why not just swing for the fences and try to make the playoffs? So to me, that's the game that scares me the most because that's like a perfect trap game for us, I feel. I will say, though, the Pacers do perform pretty well when I'm at the games, and I will be at that game. So Yeah, I'm glad it's a home game. I think the last time in the playoffs we beat them. Was that in 2012? Yeah, 2012 we beat them in five games, yeah, I believe. Yeah, that was an awesome playoff series. That was like pretty much our uh, opening statement from you know all those times we missed the playoffs and we came back, and that was like the first playoff series we had won in – I don't know, five, seven years, something like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, hopefully the Patriots can finish out the week 3-0. That would be great considering the schedule ahead. Um, I think March we're going to be having some very more depressing conversations. But as I've said, I think the Pacers will stay right in at the fifth seed. Um, unfortunately, just because Boston – Philly has a pretty tough schedule, but like Boston and uh, – who else is it? Uh, Toronto, they have easy schedules to yeah. finish out the season. So – 
Very important for the Pacers to, and like they have all season, not saying they haven't, they've beaten the teams they're supposed to beat. These below 500 teams, they've maybe lost like five games against them. Um, four or five games, whatever it is. So uh, they just have to go out there and keep doing what they've been doing. So um, Next up on the agenda here to open up, and Jared's going to be new to this, but this is something we introduced last week to the podcast. It's a weekly thing. Um, so just to give you kind of a backstory here, Jared, in case you weren't listening, which uh, hopefully you were, because if not, we're going to be pretty upset about that. We have introduced what is called the Mackin Meter. So the Mackin Meter is a little uh, shout-out, not really a shout-out, to uh, our boy Jason McIntyre from uh, FS1. Uh, he's always on the Cal- Colin Cowherd show and betting show, and he just he's a know-it-all. He's one of those guys that, you know, he's a know-it-all. And just the things that, you know, McIntyre tweets sometimes. He's always up the Lakers' ass. He's talking about LeBron all the time. He just can really get under your skin. And we let him We let him know that. We're not We we're not shy about it with, with McIntyre. He knows that he, he gets under our skin, and we try to get under his as, as well. So we've created what is called the Mackin-Meter from 1 to 5. We actually have a nice little picture here. Uh, to go with it. Uh, listeners, you can't actually see it, but it is great. We'll post it at some point. So one through five. Uh, I, I bet Hawks reading McIntyre's tweets right now. I am. Right I'm now. going through his tweets right now. Uh, so the first picture of McIntyre, he's got this big-ass grin on his face, and then it just pro- proceeds to a little small grin, then he's he's got a well, eh face, and then it just goes to a pissed off face. So pissed off face, that's five. That's the highest level of hatred you have for McIntyre. One being the lowest level of hatred you have for McIntyre. So I'll let Jared go first because I want to hear his thoughts because he probably he's he's not as big into the McIntyre feud as as we are, but I want to hear what he thinks about Jason McIntyre. Maybe he's never even heard of Jason (laughs) McIntyre. <laughs> but what what uh, what rating would you give McIntyre for the week? So this is a weekly thing, uh, and most weeks he's going to be pretty high. But what would you give him this week if you had a vote, even if you don't know who he is? Okay. Um, honestly, I have not read as much of his stuff, or I don't I don't really watch Fox Sports One honestly because Cow, you know Coward is absolutely nuts. Yes. Um, but. I mean, if he, if as as you introduced him when we first got on our call here, I mean, he is the arch enemy of the show, so therefore he has to automatically be a five. <laughs> I like it. By default, you are a five if you're an enemy. Yeah, I would. A lot of his Twitter now is just defending LeBron James, which I can't absolutely stand. I mean, we'll get into it later in around the association a little bit, but the man's just given up on defense, and it seems like he's given up on his team, and it's just kind of sad that McIntyre's like he's going down with the LeBron ship, so. His career might take a dip after this. I mean, he wrote an article today about players that have missed the the playoffs in their prime. Yeah. And I wouldn't say LeBron is necessarily out of his prime, but to say he's in his prime definitively and, like, he's he, – I don't even know what he's trying to argue, honestly, but it, he's just not it for me. McIntyre, you will always be a five for me unless <laughs> unless you send us $100. Then I'll, I'll bump you down to a four, but you're a five right now. Yeah, me. that's true. Uh, still trying to get that money from McIntyre, so if you see him on the streets <laughs> – Make sure you know he has a message from us. Uh, and also, I think eventually, I know part of my take from Barstool has this, but Darren Ravel is going to get his own meter. A Ravel meter? Yes. Big announcement. Newest target for Born Ready to Pod is Darren Ravel. Okay. Uh, that dude is not even – I mean, 
I don't even know if I can put that guy on a scale. <laughs> Truthfully. He doesn't deserve As soon as I that. saw that one tweet that he put out about the Colts banner or whatever that one time. Yes. I don't even remember what it said this time just because he's so, you know, insignificant to me. But as soon as I saw that, I was just like, come on, man. <laughs> I agree. The banner is the banner is stupid. But come on, man. Like, this isn't we a have really good bashing team here. <laughs> Yeah, and he came. He went in on Adam Vinatieri when Vinatieri missed the field goals, making fun of him. Listen, how can you go in on Adam Vinatieri, man? I don't necessarily disagree with that, but that's something for a different. He's like the one guy that it's just you can't really go in on. Especially considering Adam Vinatieri's career compared to Ravel's career. But anyway, Ravel tweets the most pointless stuff and the best. And I just learned this. Very clickbait. How how old is the water cooler joke? Because I just got in on it. The water cooler joke was probably... It's about a year old now. It's about a year old. So. Because he put it on himself, talking about the water cooler or something. Yeah. I don't know. So uh, I made the picture of putting his face on a guy at the water cooler with a group of people. And actually, other people are using it on Twitter and his mentions now, so I'm very proud of that. <laughs> um, so I just tweet him this water cooler stuff, and I am actually sending him Instagram messages. He has far less followers on Instagram than he does on Twitter. So the best thing was he had tweeted something about Kim Kardashian going to Canada. Not tweeted, he Instagrammed it on his stories. And he was like, how in the hell is this news? And then so I sent him back a message that said, I say that every time that you send a tweet, to be honest. Yeah. And he, he didn't reply. He didn't say anything back. But I saw, because there's read receipts on Instagram, he had seen my message. So Darren Ravel read my message, talking shit about him. Um, and it just felt good. The guy posts like a hundred stories on his Instagram story every day. And anyways, I won't spend much, any more time talking about Ravel, but he's the next target. So if you get sick and tired of seeing our Twitter page going in on him, it's going to keep happening until we get the block. <laughs> I want the block. It's going to happen. The block will happen. All right. You got to give thing it time. That he doesn't get though. One thing that he doesn't get though is like, I agree in, in, in a way that I don't consider the Kardashian thing to be news, but I feel that. If you're bringing attention to it by talking about it, though, that does make it news. He's clickbaiting. People, yeah. people act like they don't care about the Kardashians, but there's like a, a secret dark space of the internet and people in general that just love them and just that's all they can think about. So I think a lot of his stuff is just clickbait driven. So however he wants to pay the bills, whatever, but we're definitely going to come at you for that. That's right. All right. To wrap up the, the opening segment here, as always, or as, re, as of recent, trivia question for you guys. So, uh, Hawk, you're going to be put more on the spot here since you're sitting in front of me. And you usually have Jake try to carry you through these. Jake, Jake usually helps me a lot on these, but I already actually know one of them. So, so, the question today, since today is episode 39, and uh, chime in if you got the answer or a guess. Uh, eventually, after a few minutes that you pissed me off, we'll, I'll just tell you the answers. Name the last three players to wear number nine for the Pacers. Last three. Three. Last three. There's only been like five or six in history. So name the last three players to wear number nine. How many of these guys are reasonably that we would get? You think? I know they, two of them. They all have played on the team in the last. Uh, I'd one say. Of them I'd say eleven years. There's one. Okay, that's the only Maceo one. Maceo Baston. Yeah. There's two. Maceo Baston. Whatever. How did you get um, that one? I did. He got that one. Oh, you got Maceo Baston. Okay. Okay. There's two. The other one. 
I don't know. That's, that's all I know. I couldn't even remember what Maceo based him on. Well, I remember seeing it because of that picture. I think he said. See, Travis Diener was 12, right? Yeah. Okay, he was 12. Then. This guy um, has been on the team in the last five uh, five years. Foreign player. Um, he wore number nine, foreign player. What team was he on? He was on the Pacers. I know, but like what year? Uh, I can't tell you that. I would probably give it away. I don't know if it would because I feel like I probably wouldn't even. Paul George injury year. Paul George injury year. It wasn't Scola, was it? No. Scola was what, like 15? Scola was... Uh, Paul George injury year, one number nine. Scola was. You had his jersey shirt. Four. Yeah. Scola was four. Yeah, Scola was four. You're right. International um, player known for shooting threes. You might not even remember him. Yeah. Rudej? Yep, Damo Rudej. Rudej. Remember he, that name? He hardly ever played. Yeah, he heard, well, yeah, he got some playing time, but not really. And then I think he went and played in Minnesota and Orlando. He was traded for uh, Chase Buddinger. Buddinger. Yeah. Is he, is he yeah. still alive? He's still alive. I don't know where he's playing. Okay. It's got to be back over. I can look this up, then. <laughs> yeah, you look that up. So the next one is. So we need, we got three of them. But the last three. Is, so I, the bonus for the fourth. I'll, name I'll the fourth. No this idea. this guy's a this guy's a well-known pacer. He's in the tournament. Is he? Uh, is he a bobblehead? He's not a bobblehead. He's a role player. Played on the 90s. Rudez is back overseas, by the way. Rudez. Not a shocker there. He's probably playing with Marshall Plumley. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> um... <laughs> role player. Role player from the 90s. Yep. No idea. Came off role the bench. Role player from the 90s. Came off the bench in the 90s. Number nine. His name starts with the same... Last name starts with the same two letters as McIntyre's last name. Derek McKee. Derek McKee. McKee. Okay. Derek McKee wore number nine, and then there was another guy. I don't. I don't know yeah. who he was. So, Maceo based in Damo Rudej and Solomon Hill. Okay. And Derek McKee there as the bonus. So that's your trivia question there. So why the number day. nine? Because of thirty nine. Yeah. So is I, there no one that was thirty nine? No one wears thirty nine. <laughs> and there, if there was, there'd be one guy that you know. It, it's either Scott Pollard or it's some random guy in the '60s yeah. who got a contract for two days. Our yeah. test model randomly, you know, randomly threw it on at one time. Yeah, yeah. Like having random. That's numbers. what it, that's what you get when you roll with that. So that's gonna wrap up our opening to born this episode of the Born Ready to Pod podcast. I thought that went pretty well without Jake there. So next up, we're going to our mailbag questions, uh, and we'll be right back after this. I'd like to take a second to tell you about our new friends from TickSplits, the official ticket provider of the Armchair Media Network. Unlike other ticketing providers that sneak in extra fees and unexplained services charges, at TickSplits, the price you see and the price you pay. Unnecessary fees shouldn't prevent you from seeing the sporting event, concert, or Broadway show of your choosing. Go to TickSplits.com and enter promo code ARMCHAIR at checkout to receive 5% off your total ticket purchase. That's T-I-X- B-L-I-T-Z dot com, promo code armchair. Tixblix, guaranteed seats, guaranteed emotions. Ladies and gentlemen, it's mailbag time! Mailbag time here at the Born Ready to Pod show. Uh, we asked you guys what questions you wanted, or what questions you wanted to hear us answer or yeah. discuss. We like the fun questions, so most of these are fun questions. So, starting it off, first question. Coming from uh, at Born Ready to Pod Fan sixty nine on Twitter. Yep. Says Jeremiah Johnson calling out NBA officials last night, tweeting 
the at official NBA refs had a rough night in Detroit. That was Jeremiah Johnson's tweet. Do you think that Jeremiah Johnson has the best professional subtle call out tweet tweet game? It's fair. It seems a little backhanded. Like you know, he he's actually kind of upset about it, and you know, he just he throws that in there, just kind of like, hey, you need you have some explaining to do. And I think we said something similar at first on our Twitter account, and then it got worse, so we got progressively more aggressive. But yeah, I think definitely. What about you, Jared? What do you think? I certainly think that he is on. If not the best, he's certainly on the short list of it. Yeah, I mean he he is. Can he get? So is he technically considered an NBA employee? Could he get fined? Uh, I don't think so. He works for Fox Sports. Fox Sports, which is maybe he's part of Pacers Sports and Entertainment. I don't know how that works. Um, okay. I don't think he could get fined, but I don't think it works in his favor to come out and say the NBA officials suck. So I did it for him last night. I. Uh, translated it for him and said this is what jj really means because we can say that uh but jj i understand he's a sideline guy he's got to keep it professional mm-hmm. but you know in his head that's what he's thinking so that's what everybody in the building was thinking even detroit pistons fans couldn't lie to themselves and say that wasn't a fairly officiated game yeah so follow-up question to that um where would you rank jj's suit game so J- jeremiah is going to listen to this episode so yeah. make sure you're really nice about it <laughs> Um, Jeremiah has some of the craziest suits that you can see on TV. Looks real dapper. Looks real good. Um, I don't think he shops at Men's Warehouse. I think he goes to uh, another place uh, after creeping on his Twitter page when he tweets out the picture. So where would you rank Jeremiah's suit game? A couple examples. Mad Men. I don't know if you've seen that show. Uh, It's just full of guys in suits. Strong suit game there. Or Barney Stinson from uh, How I Met Your Mother. He's always got a got a great suit on in those episodes. So how would you rank J.J.'s suit game? Do you think he's got some room to improve, or do you think he's, like, top of the top? He's got a little room to improve. I'd say he's right below Chris Sager and right above the Van Craig Gundy. Sager. Craig Sager, sorry. And right above the Van Gundys. So I think that's where he sits. <laughs> I think that's fair. I mean, he's definitely always looking dapper, and he's definitely always putting on the swag. So, Jeremiah, if you're listening, man, keep up the good work. So, as someone that did watch Mad Men, I don't know if he's quite Don Draper level. I mean, Don Draper is pretty much the kingpin as far as great suits go. That's true. He is he is right below Craig Sager, but they are getting stronger though. To me, to me, for Craig Sager, like he had the the longevity of the uh, of, of the suit aspect of it. Yeah. So it was, you know, he automatically gets number one. But JJ is certainly catching up for sure. Did you ever watch Mad Men? I didn't watch it. I tried to watch it, and I could just never get into it. I have a weird story about Mad Men. So I've seen every episode of Mad Men besides the season finale. How weird is that? That doesn't make sense. I got all the way in, and then just something came up, and I couldn't watch it for a while, and I just never went back to it. And that was probably four years ago. Speaking of, I'm a, oh, go ahead. You got a point, Jared? I, did, I was going to say, I did that with Parks and Rec, but it, but it was not for that reason. It was more so I loved the show to a level that I just didn't want it to end because I was in denial and just was like not going to watch it. Yeah, I agree. The end of Parks and Rec is kind of emotional. <laughs> the uh, one thing I do want to ask you, I haven't seen it yet. This is a conversation between Hawk and I because we've been talking about TV shows. Did you watch the finale of uh, True Detective? I did, and I had an argument with my friend. Jared, do you watch True Detective? I don't anymore? want to hear the ending. So I watched the first season. I watched part of the second season and could not get into it. And I've yet to watch, I've watched like five minutes of the first episode, but it was one of those where it was like, you know, 11 o'clock at night and I was just 
yeah. the I'm not going definitely to way better than season two. It's on another level from season two. It's not season one, which is it's hard to compare something that started off so so strong. Season one's the mm-hmm. best, but season season three's got this weird, crazy flat circle time ending that I personally wasn't that big of a fan of, but I know people loved it, so. It's and there's, you just got to there's watch. three different timelines going on. There's so three it's different timelines, and they introduce a fourth at the end, and that's what's crazy. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm going to go watch that tonight, yeah. so I'll let you know what I think. Yeah, get. I'm certainly interested to check it out. That was, I was actually planning on you know starting it here within the next couple of days. We'll have a couple of days off. So, I was, yeah. I mean, the first season was fantastic, especially that one episode where they had, um, so where it was McConaughey was trying to get that, one girl like out of the compound basically and it was just one shot the entire episode oh yeah well, they, they did, like the shootout in the hood that's like one of the best yeah that that is that, like yeah. my favorite episode yeah oh uh, what a great what a great episode it was, yeah. <laughs> it was like one shot the whole episode fantastic and season three they try to replicate that a little bit there's another pretty big shootout episode and there's a little like. connection between one and there three. is a connection between one and three but it's basically just like one of those things that they do just so you'll be interested it's not they don't yeah. really go into it deep and the commercial ali who i mean is just always fantastic so yeah definitely um or now two-time oscar winner yeah. i'll show that uh, follow-up question could jj could you see him like maybe being in the mafia no, he's Soprano. too much. He's too much of a nice guy. Yeah. I think at at Jeremiah's yeah. core, he's nicer than on surface. Like I just, he just I, seems like the most wholesome guy in the world. Yeah, I agree with that. He he, he smiles too much. He couldn't be. You a gotta hit. have like a certain level of intensity about yourself to be in the mafia. He's more of a white collar crime guy, I'd say. Which maybe that is my. Maybe I'm just talking myself into a circle. JJ, let us know what you think about that. How do you call? All right, so after hearing that audio clip, the next question here. Is angry Christianary better than Connecticut water Christianary? It got to a point last night where Christianary got angry. And he got physically, and you, you could hear it in his voice. So, yes, I think that was, like, worth watching the game entirely. It was just hearing Daenerys rant about the refs and how was that a foul? How was that a, a jump ball? Like, Yes, we were all. Everyone watching that game was saying the same thing. It just got to a point where Denary wanted to express it himself as an announcer, which is another level. As someone that is a huge wrestling fan and, and you know understands the faces and heels aspect of it, Chris Denary being the bad guy is fantastic, and I am angry Chris Denary all the way. I would. I would. I would. I would pay for a podcast just of him ranting people, you know, on the officials. That'd be fantastic. One thing we might have to do is his son just followed us on Twitter, oh. Maxwell, and uh, we need to get him on. Maybe ask him, you know, growing up, Kristen Airy getting mad, you know, making him do chores or something. How, how fierce did, How fierce was he? Because, uh, you know, last night, I mean, even though he was really angry – he was still really nice about it. Like, yeah. I, if he was like yelling like that at my face, I'd probably just be like, "Oh man." <laughs> it's um, just watch him. Watch him being at home, though. You know, like during a Colts game when he sees a bad call, and he's almost like throwing the remote through the television. But on TV, you know, when he's calling the Pacer game, he's just super calm and professional about it. <laughs> Flip Got, switch. Gotta love Kristen there. So keeping it with the uh, Fox Sports guys, Quinn Buckner. 
has his new saying here, shake him up, shake him up, uh, get some fries with that shake. He's been saying fries with that shake a lot here lately. So Darren Carlson had that play where he crossed over. I can't remember who it was on the Wizards. Um, it was Thomas Bryant. Yeah. So uh, do you prefer a smothered chicken call by uh, Quinn Buckner or the new shake him up? Which one is better? To me, it's I, I'm going to go with the original. But, I mean – it's nice not having Jake here so we can actually talk positive about Darren Collison every once in a while. Yeah. So I will say that move was nasty, and the one he had on DeAndre Ayton early in the year was just as nasty. That deserved a, a shake him up milkshake, but you know he didn't have that call going for him yet in his arsenal. But I will say, as a fan of, of both of them, the original's the best. Nothing beats a smothered chicken. They're always earned, except for that one in the blowout that we talk about that he, that he threw on out. On Giannis, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, I mean, I, I'm an original guy, so smothered chicken for me. Yeah, I love the smothered chicken call personally as well. It's just, I mean, the shake em up, shake em up is good, and I think over time it is going to continue to get better, but he just gets so freaking excited to the point where he almost just can't say smothered chicken. No. That to me, that to me is, the, is what gives that one the win. It's that he almost just can't even say it. I think that's the point it's gotten to is if he can't say smothered chicken, then that means he's got to say it. Yeah. So if he's not that excited, he's not going to say it. So. Like, like, like his head almost just actually just explodes. Just He almost turns into Gus Johnson. He just can't say it. That that's, that's actually a pretty good comparison there. Him and Gus Johnson together in one announcer's booth? Uh-oh. <laughs> that was a ramble. I don't know what would happen. I mean... The building may catch on fire, just from the level of electricity and the absolute fire that that would be. Yeah. Next question uh, from our very own Jake Light. He tweeted us a question. He wanted to hear us discuss this because he's a big Rodney Hood guy. So he thinks he can trip us up with this question. Uh, Jared, if you don't know, we, uh, me personally, Jake and I get in arguments all the time about Rodney Hood. Jake thinks he's the greatest thing ever, and I think he sucks. So Jake's question here is, would uh, you rather have Doug McDermott or Rodney Hood right now at this point in the season? Jared, you go first. I, I, so I have this friend named Andre as well, and we argue about this exact same thing all the time. <laughs> I, I am not a Rodney Hood guy. I never have been a Rodney Hood guy. With that said, I would actually probably pick Rodney Hood in this scenario just because I feel like, you know, even nights when he's not scoring, he can play defense much better than McDermott. Yeah. McDermott, you know, I mean, obviously there's a the three-point shooting aspect, but in reality I feel like he's been pretty ordinary in regards to that this year. So I would probably pick Rodney Hood, but I, I, I don't feel good about it. This is, this is not a great It's show. a toss-up. Yeah, for me, I'm just going to stick with Doug just because I don't want Jake to win an argument. That's what <laughs> I was going to say. I think Rodney Hood's played fine in Portland since he's been traded there. I mean, that first game he got there, I watched, and he had like 16. He's very efficient. So I don't. I think Rodney Hood's not a terrible player. That was never the argument. I think Rodney. I think he's just overhyped by Jake Light. And I, and I think when you say he, he's been kind of average, I would agree with you. But at the same time, he's shooting somewhere around 40%. He's just not getting the looks. He's not taking them. There's a, there's a, a level of thinking to me. I'm just going to say he needs to get a little more comfortable. Maybe next year he settles in with the full off season. That's what I'm hoping because we have him for two more years, obviously. So I'm just going to stick with what we got. Screw it. I'm going to surprise you. I'm going to say Rodney Hood. Yeah. And I'm not happy about it. <laughs> but McDermott's defense is so god-awful. It's not great. 
I mean, I could juke him. Everybody here could juke him somehow. Luke Kennard was just throwing these little jab steps at him yesterday, and McDermott was practically falling over. He just he could. Someone tweeted us and said he couldn't uh, guard a chair like a stool, and <laughs> it's absolutely correct. He could not. Um, so unfortunately, as much as I want to say Doug McDermott just to piss off Jake, I'm going to say Rodney Hood. Unfortunately. Just because McDermott's right now number one on my hit list. I just, I can't stand him. And you just want him out of here. Yeah, I okay. can't stand Fair him. Fair enough. And uh, two more years of him, like you said, maybe next year. But I feel like Doug McDermott and his fans have been saying that every single year he's been in the NBA. Well, there's sure. next year. Maybe he'll be comfortable. And this is also the perfect team for him, too. It's, I feel like I feel like when you have a team that's as unselfish as we have, if you can't fit in... I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I, I I really don't know what to tell you at this point. It's just the reality is that you're just not that good. Yeah, absolutely. So follow-up question to that. Could you score on Doug McDermott? If your answer is yes, please explain how you would. So for me, I think I, I just get one of his long rebounds that he misses from three, and then I just – Take it to the you know like the line, just turn around and hit a jumper. It might take me two or three times, but if we're playing to eleven, I'm not getting beat eleven zero. I'm gonna get to, I'm gonna make one of those jumpers a hit. That's all I'm saying. For me, I think I I think I could score on him, and I feel like the way that I would is just you know simply just dribbling the ball like a normal player. I really feel like he just can't cover you at all. So just drive to the basket. <laughs> I feel like he just gets out of the way. The <laughs> I'd probably back him down, you know, try to get, like, down low in the post. Uh, I know I got weight on him, that's for sure. He obviously has the height, but I feel like a nice little pump fake might give me an open layup at least one time. Um, and I think Pocket said it before, is he's going to shoot a he's gonna shoot a wide open three. It's going to be one of those patented shots where it just, you know, just shoots out and yeah, I go right. grab the rebound and he just gets lazy. Yeah. And then I go in for a layup. Or you just get him with a canard Is this, is this in Indianapolis, though, or is this on, on the road? Because I feel like the rebounding and him missing the shot. It's definitely in Indianapolis. Yes, then we're good. We're okay. all going to score. All right. We might beat him. If it is at home, <laughs> certainly I could score on him. If it's on the road, you know, you may have a little bit more of a chance. All right, next question. This was from one of our Twitter followers. His name was AJ Reese. Um, he asks, if you could punch one person in the NBA, coach or player, who would it be and why? I was thinking Doug McDermott just because of the last conversation, but after last night's antics, do I get away with it? Is yeah, it just you get like away a, with it. It's like a phantom punch. Out He's of not going to punch you back because if he punches you back, you're done for. Yeah, true. So you're not going to get punched back. You get a nice little punch, and then you just run away. I come from a scrappy jawline family, but other than that, I'm, I'm picking Blake Griffin. I'm just going to give him the best. I might try to do a one-two and maybe get an extra shot in there just to see if I can get away with it, but Blake Griffin's my pick. I mean, I have a couple players that that I would pick, and it's mostly just because I hate Duke. So, like, I feel like Grayson Allen would be on the list, but he's not, you know, relevant yet in the NBA, so I would not feel like that's a cop-out. But It's a waste of a punch. Yeah, Blake, Blake Griffin would be on that list. Another one, though, man, I really feel like Harden would be would be really high on that list too. And it's just for his now. and it's just for his comments after the game the other night about the officials, in which he was like, "Oh, I feel like we can't talk to the officials 
dude, you scream at the officials every game. <laughs> like, And he gets the majority of the calls. Yeah, Exactly. Like, what are you talking about? So I, I really feel like he's, I, yeah, him. I've to guard. Yeah, yeah. There's one thing you gotta, with Harden, you, you never know when he's going to hire some kind of hitman to maybe take out your knees. So you better hope he never finds <laughs> out you're the one that punched him. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. I feel like I'd be doing a disservice to our listeners if I didn't say LeBron. Yeah, somebody's got to punch LeBron. Somebody's got to punch him. Uh, I know we're going to talk about it around the association because he's always dominating the headlines. We'll talk about that later, but you know why. Everybody knows why it's yep. got to be LeBron. And you know Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram would probably be right there. Oh, yeah. You they'll, they'll be right there. <laughs> Next up. Uh, we all know we want Thad and Bojan back on the team next year. So with upcoming free agents and what you've seen so far here in this little sample size, would you prefer to have Wesley Matthews on next year's team over both Darren Collison and Corey Joseph? I'm going to defer to I would just because I think that um, – I mean, part of it is I, I think it's foregone that, you know, Joseph and Collison are both probably gone. And, you know, with both of them gone, that opens up minutes for Holiday. And I really think that we do have a legitimate chance of getting Kimba. I, I, I think that people are ruling that out. Um, not only that, it's just Wesley Matthews is a perfect culture guy for us as well as I just like what he brings defensively, and I think that he would be fantastic on our bench and would be a great replacement for Tyreek as well because I don't expect him to be back. So. No. Yeah, I agree, 1,050 million percent. I mean – Darren's been great. Assist to turnover ratio. He's had big moments this season. He's had big moments in a basic uniform, honestly. You know, we tend to overlook that with him. But the real one you're losing is Corey. He's been just rock solid as a backup. But with Aaron Holiday, and if we sign Kemba, I mean, I think Wes Matthews is a perfect fit. We just He fits in so well with all cult, our culture, and that's why he came here. And he's a guy who can come in and give you minutes for when Vic does can't play. I don't expect him to play at the beginning of next year. At least for the first month or so. And that quick release. Every time that release goes off, you know, ooh. And yeah, he does have some shoddy shot selection. Yeah. Uh, Shoot or shoot, baby. Yeah, that's right. So defensively, I think he's been making up for it. Yeah. A lot of people. He also has one of the best shot celebrations as well. Yeah. Yeah. He really does. I love it. Yeah, you've got that Pacers Twitter page. has got to be loving that. I mean, going forward, that could be something that they use to yep. their advantage on social media. They already have a little bit. Yeah. I haven't seen the arrow emoji. Yeah. All right, last question here, then we'll move on to around the association. There was a picture last night at the uh, Grizzlies-Lakers game. Born Ready sauce was on the sideline. So did we plant the Born Ready sauce in Memphis? It wasn't me. It might have been Jake because he's not here. But I think this was a ploy by LeBron James just to get the hype going. And then the Space Jam 2 announcement – which people have already known. I think that had already been announced, but for some reason it got recirculated that it was being filmed. So I think that was just like a little ode to the Michael Jordan Space Jam 1. I think this is a LeBron ploy. I think LeBron's in Lance's head, and this is just LeBron tampering again. <laughs> Anything that we can blame on LeBron for tampering, I'm all for. <laughs> just because I... At this point, like the tampering thing, as ridiculous as it is, it definitely happens, and I feel like anything that we can just kind of blame on on the Brown is fun. Um, but it certainly would be cool if the Born Ready guys did did plant the Born Ready sauce. I can confirm that I did not do it, but maybe maybe, a fan. maybe LeBron's seen our criticism of of him, and he's just trying to you know plant something. Get on the good side. 
you know, to, to get our attention. I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. It's, in reality, it's probably just some Lance Stevenson motivation technique that just didn't work last night. Yeah. So. I, I feel like, though, if he plants it, 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 if LeBron did plan it to get on the good side, I feel like he has to at least include the entire name of the podcast instead yeah. of just the board. Yeah, I got to admit, that was, that was kind of crappy there. I mean, <laughs> he missed some letters. We did edit the photo, though, and we added two pot on yeah. there, so it made it a little better. Um, so thanks again for you guys' questions, and we're going to wrap up the show here in just a second with Around the Association. Be prepared to turn down your volume. Boys, it's Jeremy W. Miller. Boys, it's... Boys, it's... Boys, it's... Boys, it's... Boys, it's... There you go. So now we're ready. First up on Around the Association, we have Jaw Rule. Some of you may know him as the moron from the Firefest documentaries. <laughs> and some of you may know him as the from a couple songs he did in the 2000s. He performed at a Timberwolves game on Saturday, and the show audio didn't work right away. And no one cared about the performance, not even Giannis, who shot around while the performance was going on. Some funny images and videos appeared from this. After the game, the Timberwolves tweeted out one of the videos and said, We too were hustled, scammed, bamboozled, hoodwinked, led astray. Mr. Rule did not like this and responded that the Timberwolves are now a cursed organization that will not win a title for 30 years and Cat is leaving in free agency. The Wolves and Kings then played a game on Monday night, which the Wolves won. The Kings posted a picture of Rule looking ridiculous, saying, when the curse doesn't work. So naturally, Rule cursed the Kings, telling them that they are cursed forever, and Cat was going to leave them also. Another rebuttal from the Kings Twitter saying, hoop knowledge worse than Firefest <laughs> logistics. So an ultimate trail job from both organizations, but did not come easy. They are both cursed by Jaw Rule. Taking a page out of Little B's well, book. Let's, let's say this first. Uh, before I get into my my discussion number one and hawk and i kind of talked about this but still i couldn't answer this question name one jaw rule song always on time can you name one jared besides i that, really can't I, I can't i i i only know is isn't that the one always be my bait like he's just in the background and, I'm even a hip, yeah i'm even a hip-hop person and i really can't name one so let's say that so he's he's copying little little b the bass god or whatever his name is i don't think bass god would like that bass god i don't know if he does or not so it's just an easy cop out here by ja rule uh to jinx the timberwolves and the kings uh the timberwolves just made the playoffs for the first time in like 13 14 years last season the Kings haven't made the playoffs since like 2005, so technically they've already been cursed. They're not very good organizationally. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna say it's too. Big, is, it's it, a, is it even a real curse? Yeah, if you curse two teams. That it's have just an easy cop out curse. Uh, and when you know they get the eighth seed and get swept, if they do, and uh, they lose over the next five five years or so, he's gonna say it's because him. Come on, Ja Rule. Grow some cojones. Curse the Warriors. Do it. Curse the awesome. Warriors. And, and if the Warrior, if the Warriors lose. 
Ja Rule becomes the new curse god. You cannot come out and curse the kings and the Timberwolves as your first curse. Yeah. That's a cop out. That's a weak curse. Ja Rule, you got to go after fast curse. You got to go after the Warriors if it you want to be something. It is nice to see that he's going though from cursing music festivals to cursing NBA teams. <laughs> he's moving on. I'm terrified of any curses, and I'm very superstitious <laughs> person. He realized that the music festival industry is going to be a little bit harder than what he thought it was going to be. Yeah, and apparently he's doing another. He wants to do another music festival, so I can't wait for Firefest too. <sighs> Whoever his agent is has to just be like, "Look, man, this is maybe not the best idea." Yeah, he, he you, doesn't have an agent. <laughs> I can see Ja Rule yeah. being Ja Rule's agent. His pinned Twitter is a picture to and how to book him. So I'm he probably doesn't. Even yeah, have if an you agent. if you put in your Twitter like. To say book us or or yeah. to book me, send an email to yada yada gmail dot com. You're probably not doing too good of a job right now. Although he does make a shit ton of more money than we would yeah, in our lives. True. So this is all I got to say to wrap this part up. I'm terrified of any curses. I'm a very superstitious person. I think we should all be very kind to Jaw Rule when we're representing the Pacers. We don't <laughs> want to mock him too much. I'm sure Cubs fan uh, Cubs fans 105 years ago laughed off a curse. I don't want any part of that. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Speaking of the Kings, Sacramento Kings shooting guard Buddy Heald when asked if he thought the Kings would make the playoffs this season. Very confident. I'd bet my house on it. I'd make a lot of money. I'd just buy another. <laughs> the 26-year-old shooting guard is averaging 20 points a game and shooting almost 45% from three on 7.6 attempts. The Kings are a game behind the Spurs for the final spot in the West and are the only real contender for that last spot in the West. I can't think of anyone else. Yeah, I can't think of anybody else. Uh, so is the question, do I think the Kings will make it? No, it's basically just comments on Buddy Heald offering his house if they don't. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a bold statement, but Buddy Heald got to respect it. He he went for his house, Ja Rule. Like, he would have, what would he have bet? He would have bet, like, his, his sneakers or something. <laughs> yeah. Buddy Heald came out, he, he put his house on Putting it. it on so uh, I respect it, and it's going to be a hell of a freezing cold take if they don't. Uh, make the playoffs this year, but I hope they do just because Jake will owe us tickets, number yep. one. And number two, I think the Spurs are just on a downward trend right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they the just, Clippers. I can yeah, see the Clippers falling out. They just can't seem to figure it out. LeBron's going to make the playoffs. It's a storyline. He's going to make the playoffs. You're going to hear all this BS mm-hmm. um, from these people. LeBron's going to get one of those playoff spots, so one of those other teams needs to drop down. Um, but I definitely am hoping personally that the Kings end up making it, and I respect Buddy Hield for putting his house on it. Yeah, I read too that speaking of LeBron in the playoffs, that it was that ESPN had put out some stat that they had like three percent chance or something of making it, and I'm just like, you guys are crazy, my god! But um, the best- I would love to see the Kings in the playoffs though, just because I mean, you know, it's always fun to watch one of these teams that. Nobody really expects to do anything, put the fear of God into somebody. Yeah. So it'd be fun to watch them come out and just, and just like, scare the crap out of the Warriors for a little bit. That'd be fun. And the Warriors aren't going to be playing as hard the first round, so maybe they even get a game on them. That would but be interesting. if the Lakers get the eighth seed and the Warriors play them, the Warriors are going to play their asses off and whoop their ass in four games. Yeah, and so. watching De'Aaron Fox chase around Curry is fun. Yeah. De'Aaron Fox is a fun basketball player to watch. You're not yeah. lying. Much rather would watch them than the Lakers in the first round. All right, here we go. Speaking yes. of the Wolves, Carl Anthony Towns and a trainer were involved, in, were involved in a car accident where he was told there was a 5% chance he lived through the accident. 5%? He, wow. he had stopped his Hyundai Santa Fe on the highway because of another accident ahead of him on the road in New York. This caused him to miss the first game of his career against the Knicks. So he had played like some, something crazy like 330 straight games. 
and uh, a semi-trailer hit him in the back, causing him. And he basically escaped unharmed. He missed one game for a concussion protocol type thing. And then the next game, he dropped 34, 21, 5, and two blocks. So I think I, I don't, maybe it reignited his energy. He's been he's had a great year all around. I mean, he didn't start off the hottest with all the Jimmy Butler stuff. Yeah. But Carl Anthony Towns, I'm glad he's okay. Glad he's all right. Uh, and good for him, uh, you know, coming back to play so quickly. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know if I, even in that condition, a near-death experience would have, like, mentally be prepared to play a game and drop that many points and rebounds. So it uh, just shows you how, even though Jimmy Butler was trying to say these young guys are weak, seems to me like Carl Anthony Towns has got a pretty strong mindset behind him. So yeah. uh, glad he's all right. And, uh, you know, I I hope – I would hope the – I mean, I didn't even like to see the Timberwolves in the playoffs. Let's just go ahead and say it. Let's get – now because of that, let's get the Timberwolves in the playoffs. They got Flip Saunders' son coaching them. They got the cat story now. Let's get them in the playoffs. Forget the Kings. I want the Timberwolves in. Stop. <laughs> I guess with Cat, too, I guess I, I just missed it that he had never missed an NBA game before. Yeah, I did not know that. Isn't that crazy? Three I, I was not aware three. of that. I mean, I mean, you know, once, once that came out, I mean – I guess I sat there and thought, like, yeah, I really don't ever remember him missing anything. And so I guess that makes sense. But does anybody know what the record is for most consecutive seasons without a miss? I don't, personally. Uh, he would have to be close, right? Let me check. For, off the top of my head, I don't know why I'm thinking John Stockton. I don't know why. I don't think I'm right. But for some reason, he comes to the top of my head. Hawk's looking it up right so, now. The the consecutive streak here for most consecutive says AC Green. Yeah, AC Green Green with almost twelve hundred games in a row, which is maddening. Dang, how many seasons? That's like fifteen seasons without missing a game. Yeah, I don't even want to do the math, but yeah. See, this is from the eighty-seven eighty-eight season all the way through the ninety-seven ninety-eight season. So basically. So, so 10 consecutive seasons without missing a, a single game. Appearances. That's crazy. And he's getting wearing tear because he was on amazing. the Bulls and Lakers teams, yeah. I believe. All right, next up, Steve Ballmer plans to bring the Clippers their own basketball arena in Inglewood, California in 2024. We need our own house. We're going through the permitting process and environmental process, and we're going through that right now. We'll have some folks pushing back on us, primarily Madison Square Garden and the Knicks. If you will. They own the Forum, which is a concert venue, and they don't want to see a new concert venue, which any modern basketball stadium would be. So Steve Ballmer wants to bring the Clippers their own their own arena, and he plans to do it by 2024. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it's about time because can you imagine? I don't, I don't know how long they've been a franchise there, maybe 30 years, whatever it's been. Can you imagine having to play in the same arena as, like, the most recognized basketball team of all time? No. Um, in that market, I mean, I just you look up and they've been blocking like the title, the banners and stuff like that. But you in in your heart, even in the organization, you don't really feel like the Staples Center is your home. No, I would feel like I, I so. I think it's past due, and I respect them from finally, you know, trying to make this move. I think I read as well when this so when this initially came out was, you know, I think probably a year and a half ago that they were you know, starting the negotiations for. And I think that I read, and I could be wrong on this, but I think that I read that Ballmer was also going to look to completely fund it himself. Really? Too. Um, I could be wrong on that, but, I mean, because that was a year and a half ago, but if that does end up being the case, 100% all for it. Um, 
you know, for, I do agree. I, obviously, they have to share an arena with the most recognizable team. So it's just, you know, it's hard for them to, to have really a fan base of their own as well as grow. And not only that, but moving to the Inglewood area, by the time that they do, they're going to have the Rams Stadium there. And, you know, I know that one of the one of the situations with the Staples Center is there's a lot of stuff to do around it, too. So it's, you know, you kind of create a whole day and experience out of it. And by the time that the Clippers get their own arena in Inglewood, it'll be similar to that, at least as the goal for them. Yeah. You know, yeah. the Rams Stadium and things like That's that. So it, all for it. Good yeah, for them. definitely. I love when owners pay for their own buildings. I feel like it's a good deal for them, too, because they get all the revenue at the end yeah. of the um, Jerry And Jackson it keeps Jr. the team there, too. Yeah. It keeps the team there because he owns the arena. It really does. Jaron Jackson Jr. out for the foreseeable future with the right quad injury. Uh, the 19-year-old rookie is averaging 13.8 and 4.7 for the Grizzlies. Any thoughts on that? Just a quick hitter. Uh, send him for the rest of the year. Uh, they don't want him win games, although they just beat the Lakers. Uh <laughs> At least the organization doesn't want him to win games. Uh, sit him for the rest of the year, no point. And I don't know how severe the injury is, but you got pretty much a month and a half left. Yeah. What's the point of him coming back and maybe re-aggravating that injury and it turns into some long-term issue? So at this point, you're not trying to win games. You're not going to make the playoffs. I see absolutely no reason for him to play. I agree with that, too. It's just, you know, you're already going to get a higher pick anyway. You see him as a guy that's, you know, the, you know, the future of your franchise. Sit him. Yep. Let him heal up. Start start next year with the second guy. Do you have Zion Williamson on the list? I don't. No, not yet. Not so, yet. can I ask a question? Yeah. Real quick, too, as well. Should he play the rest of the season? Because I'm saying that it shouldn't even be a question. I feel like he should play. Yeah, what do you guys play. think? I mean, you go to bas- you go to college to get better. I, I heard this from somebody. You go there to develop your game, and that was always his goal. Why would he go there in the first place if he didn't want to play? I mean, it seems like, from all accounts, it was a minor injury and that he'll be back soon, so he seems like a competitive And no guy. one's saying that Zion's thinking this. Yeah. It's the media, the ESPN's, Bleacher reports. They're pushing it. College guys don't get paid. They shouldn't go out there and risk injury. But how does that also – I mean, he's going to be the no, number one pick no matter what, but how does that look for him where he commits to play somewhere for a year – and he has this minor injury, and he's just like, ah, okay, I'm done. I'm going to go get my money. And I think after this injury, if you come back and play at the level he was playing at, like that'll just that'll be like a more of a thing. Like He came back from this injury super quick, and he was didn't lose a step. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I agree as well. He, I mean, he should play. I mean, part of this also comes from I'm a small, you know, I'm from a small, small town here in Indiana where team, you know, comes before self. So to me, it's just, I would love to see him come back and, you know, as much as I absolutely despise Duke, you know, see this team rally around them and see what he's got as far as the leadership aspect as well. Yeah. To me, leading by example matters. And so having him come back and play well, that matters to me. Mm-hmm. All right, Space Jam 2 confirmed and will begin filming this summer. Ooh. LeBron James will be playing the lead role and will be an executive producer. Ryan Coogler is set to produce the movie. He directed Creed and Black Panther. This movie should be, by all accounts, a good movie, but the LeBron fatigue and the remake of one of the most beloved basketball movies of all time could turn a lot of people off, including me. I know personally I have no plans to see this. Thoughts? This is going to be a movie that I don't go to theaters to watch it. I'm not paying the movie ticket box office price to go watch this in theaters. 
even though I'm a '90s kid, and you know, Space Jam growing up was the movie to watch. Uh, and I actually tried to watch it here recently, and I just couldn't get into it. To be, not, I'm going to be honest with you; it's not fun to rewatch. It's one that you just got to keep back in the archives and just remember that was a great movie. There was a player on the court for, you know, Michael Jordan's team that was just shooting guns. Like you can't. Yeah, do that. yeah, you can't. You can't what do were that. The <laughs> you can't do that. Uh, so LeBron's going to completely f up this movie. Um, he's done some acting in the past. I never have watched it, but I can only imagine how bad of an actor he is. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to go watch it in theaters. Maybe, you know, summer day, I'm bored, red box. <coughs> maybe I rent it and I waste an hour and a half of my life. Or maybe it just come. I wait a couple years and watch it on TV. But, I mean, it's not even coming out for two more years. Yeah. So, luckily then, I mean, I probably... I mean, the plan is, you know, I will have a child by then. Luckily, they won't be old enough to say, Dad, let's go see Space Jam. So, uh, not going to go see it in theaters, and uh, I'll just wait till it goes out on uh, DVD or on TV. Definitely a Netflix movie. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I, I could have just summed movie. it up in three words. Hopefully, it just comes straight to Netflix, then if you want to watch it, it's there. <laughs> It just becomes one of the Netflix originals, and yeah. it's just... I mean, how big of a... They give you the option of watching it on Netflix or going to see it in theaters, in which the obvious option is to watch it on Netflix. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you announce it two two and a half years before it's even set to release. That's just... I feel like that's how most movies are made. Okay. It's just kind of a LeBron thing. Okay. Hate him. Um, LeBron will have plenty of time this offseason to make the movie, as the Lakers are out of the playoffs by a bigger <laughs> margin each day. Calling out his teammates, saying, if you're letting the media get to you in L.A., this is not the place for you. And so you got to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. So I'm not saying that that's what we are as a whole. It kind of looks that way at times, that sometimes we're afraid to be uncomfortable and kind of get out of our comfort zone and kind of, you know, have the sense of urgency from the jump and not be afraid to actually get out there and fail to succeed. So, I mean, we have, what, 23 games left? We'll see what happens. 22 now. I, uh, I might spend a few minutes on this, if you guys don't mind. Jared, you don't mind this. I'm going to talk, and then you guys can say Go your ahead. piece. So, I'm going to partially defend LeBron. What? And then Why? I'm going to bash him. Okay. So, first off, when the video came out of the Grizzlies game, I don't know who shot the three. Uh, do you, everybody's seen the video where LeBron's just sitting there, just and he, the he doesn't close out. And then whoever it was makes the three, and then he just shrugs his shoulders. Should have been a three-second call. So, should have been a three-second call, first off. Um, I don't think that the shrug of the shoulders... First off, LeBron was completely lazy on defense. Yes. I don't think the shrug of the shoulders there was in regards to anybody on the Lakers team. I think after watching it, I think he was pissed off because, man, this guy sucks at shooting threes, and he just made it. Well, you left an NBA player wide open. What did you expect? So I don't think that there was LeBron getting mad at his teammates. Also, another way, everything LeBron says, people will cut and paste what they want to hear. So I don't usually listen to full interviews. I like listening to the 30-second clips and basing my judgment off that. Um, So that's where I'm going to defend him, that sometimes people are looking to go out and get him. But here's where I'm going to bash him. Uh, completely just this has been a complete train wreck you knew what you were getting into when you signed with the Los Angeles Lakers in the offseason days after you signed or when, whenever it was uh, your front office signed Lance Stevenson, JaVale McGee and Michael Beasley gave Paul Caldwell Pope an extension gave, whatever yeah P- Caldwell Pope and then you had all these other young guys who you knew weren't stars Kyle Kuzma 
He's a great player, but he's not a franchise-altering star. He's not Kevin Love right now. He's not uh, Dwayne Wade. Wade. He's not Kyrie Irving. LeBron's used to playing with these guys. So he knew exactly what he was getting into. He knew it was going to be difficult. And now all he's doing is pushing all the blame on these younger guys. All the storylines that have come out about the trade rumors and everything else that's going on. He's got all these other side projects going on in L.A. right now. Defensively, you see videos of him just not even trying on defense. I understand it's LeBron James and he's had a hell of a career. But how are you going to call out your teammates about their will to win when there's that's what basketball is it's it's tape your film is on tape and the tape shows that you even if your teammates teammates aren't trying neither are neither are you yeah you're not leading by example you're not leading by example and you're playing with a bunch of 21 22 year old kids i just i don't know what he expected a lot of people said they were conference finals bound i didn't think that going into the year this roster wasn't very good um I just being a free agent coming up in the season. Do you want to sign with the Lakers? I mean, I one of these top dogs. Like, I wouldn't think, you much rather go to Boston or Clippers? Clippers got a lot. Yeah, of I mean, go start with another star: New York City, Brooklyn. I mean, I just I don't see the appeal. I know it's LeBron in L.A., but my God, he's not doing himself a favor right now. He's Paul George in it at the mic right now. He's yeah. not saying the right things. That's all I gotta say, Jared. Go ahead. So, when I initially read the quote from him, um, I think that there is some truth to it, and that you know, playing in LA, there's always going to be a distraction just because it's the Lakers. With that said, though, I do agree. It's just he's not he's not conducting himself as a leader and setting an example for, for these young guys. The reality is he is the only guy on this team that has been the best player or even within the second or third best player on a team that's won a title. Yeah. The rest of this team has not. I mean, Tyson Chandler was, you know, Good. the probably the fourth ago. option with Dallas. You have JaVale McGee, who's not even a top seven option with the Warriors. You have Lance, who... You know, has not won a title. Michael Beasley, when he was on the team, not won a title. You know, just the mess. Rondo was, you know, the fourth best player on that Celtics team. Luke Walton was the ninth best player, or something like that, on those Lakers teams. So they don't have anybody that's had, you know, this great history of being the man and winning. And so when you don't have that on the team, they're going to turn to the guy that does. And... LeBron has not conducted himself in a way that just, you know, the way I look at it is you're supposed to lead by example, and he's just not. He's not leading by example. You know, he's not coming back and and playing his heart out on defense. It's just I don't ever like questioning a player's heart or questioning a player's love for the game. I don't like doing that. You know, you can question whether or not, they're in the right position on defense or something like that, but it's just I don't like questioning a player's heart, and I disagree with him fully on doing that. Yeah. Um, next up, we got a report came out yesterday where Danny Ainge told the Pelicans this summer that anyone on the Celtics roster will be available for trade for Anthony Davis. So, do you think Anthony? Do you think he will go 
to Boston because I can't see the Lakers offering. I mean, they've already offered their whole team. Like, He's not going. I don't. I will be real shocked if he goes to the Lakers, uh, just because they put their best offer on the table. They can't do any better yeah. than that, uh, unless they are willing to do that same offer in the off season. And the Pelicans can't uh, find anything else that they like. But Celtics, obviously, if they offer Jason Tatum and a small piece, deal's done. Yeah, Jason Tatum straight up and another piece, not saying it's one of the stud guys, but uh, you could give him a nice young piece, and that's a deal right there. You got mm-hmm. your franchise cornerstone, and uh, you get rid of the distraction that is Anthony Davis. So if Boston is willing to give up Jason Tatum, I would rather, much rather in my shoes have Jason Tatum than all those guys on the Lakers, by far. So do I think Danny Ainge is going to do it? No. I do. I, think I he's don't. Cra- he's the crazy guy that will do this. I don't think he will. I think he's all talk, and then I think when it comes down to it, I think he's I think he's going to – and I think partially he might be dumb to do it. Maybe. Jason Tatum's 20 years old. <laughs> Anthony Davis, how old is he? 26, 27. 26. He's got injury history. He's his, – his, uh, his – Circle. His father has said he doesn't want to play in Boston. He won't sign there long term. So why would you give up Jason Tatum for the potential that Anthony Davis will walk away after one year? That just doesn't seem reasonable to me. So in a heartbeat, the Pelicans take that offer. But I think Danny Ainge is just all talk as my mic falls to the ground. And that's not so much an either, you know. Not only would you be giving up basically everyone for Anthony Davis – there's still not a guarantee that Kyrie re-signs. Yeah. So you could be basically in the same position that the Pelicans are in to where you have a subpar roster around Anthony Davis, and then you're in the same situation there and if Kyrie doesn't come back. Yeah, true. So I'm never a fan of just, you know, both teams, of course, want to win the trade or, you know, be in, a, in the best position they possibly can after it. I'm just not a, you know, I just think it's really hard to trade a superstar, and that's just a matter of it. I think as much as, you know, as hard as it is to trade for a superstar or to trade a superstar, it's much harder to actually trade for a superstar because you have to feel that the value that you're getting back is equating the value that you're giving up. Yeah. And as great as Anthony Davis is, I mean, they're going to have to give up basically their entire future for a guy that may leave in a year. Yep. Yeah. I agree. That's fair, but I think. If you traded for Anthony Davis, you would all but have Kyrie already locked up, and that would be in your plans. And there's, there's a, a very lot. good chance if they trade Anthony Davis, Kyrie resigns with them. And I think Kyrie said from the beginning he wants to resign, and then you know the media keeps getting to him, and then that but maybe flipped a little bit. You but. also got to think is this guy also wanted to get traded away from LeBron too? So yeah, part of him. He's got his own mindset. He's going to do what he wants to do. I don't think he really cares. You can never really tell. But if your team trades for Anthony Davis, 90% chance Kyrie Irving resigns. Yeah, I'd say so. All right, next up, we got James Harden's historic 30-point game streak has ended against the Hawks on Monday night. Hell yes! 32 games in a row since the beginning of December, Harden got to 30-point mark. Only Wilt Chamberlain had a better streak of 65 games from 1961 to 1962. Harden scored 28 against the Hawks and went 0-10 from three, which so happened to be the most points ever scored from a player who went 0-10 from three. If you watch the end of the game, 
Everyone in the Hawks surrounded him on the last possession. Yes, it was awesome. So he couldn't score. And afterwards, to to James Harden's credit, he said, I, I never really cared that much, so I, he was all good with it. He said the right things in the media. Harden gets a bad rap from everybody, and it probably deserved a little bit. But, I mean, they're in the playoffs. He's an MVP. Say what you want. I mean, th- that's a pretty impressive streak. He did care. He wanted it. He went down the court, yeah. and to see those three or four guys come up on him was just great to see. They all knew. They were looking up at the box score there in the corner. They knew he was close, and they were like, not going to happen today. Yeah. I respected the hell out of the move. And uh, still, like you just said, though, impressive feat no matter who you are. Yes, he's a ball hog. Yes, he uh, he does get a lot of calls. But, I mean, to score that many points in however many games it was, uh, not everybody can do it no. or else they would do it. Yeah. Oh, it is amazing. How amazing is it, though, that, like, as incredible as this stretch is to where he had 32 games in a row, he's like halfway to Wilt's record now. <laughs> Barely under halfway, which is, I mean, crazy. I'm sure 1961 is a totally different game, but that's impressive. The, the other crazy thing is, too, is you would think with a streak like this, it would just be unanimous, he's MVP. But then you have other guys that are still talking about Giannis, Paul George. Yeah. I think Paul George is going to get us. I think it's between Harden and Giannis. But they're still talking about other guys. And I feel like if you have a streak like this and you're averaging many points as he is, it's pretty much dead set he's the MVP, but people aren't seeing it that way. So I don't think it's being as valued. It's kind of like by Russell people. Westbrook. Yeah. Triple-double. Yeah. So, I mean, and you could make the case last year Russell Westbrook averaged a triple-double. This yeah. year he's averaging close to it or he is averaging it. I don't know. I mean, shouldn't that mean he's the MVP every year? I don't know. But based on how people vote. And I don't like the way they vote for these things. I think uh, – I think they're just not consistent with it, but I think Giannis is probably the most deserving. But yes, I will say it's hard to deny what Harden's done, and Paul George is making a case. I think it's a wide open race still, honestly. Yeah, I see Giannis pulling out. So if you had to vote today, who would be your MVP then? It would be Giannis because that's the one I'd feel most comfortable with, just because Harden got it last year, all the ball hog stuff, whatever. I think Giannis is the most deserving, and I mean he completely changes every game he plays in. And a lot of what people base it off too is at least in past years, is how is your team performing? Bucks have the best record in the league. Yeah. Uh, it looks like they're going to lock up the one or two seed. I don't know where the Rockets will finish up at, especially in the Western Conference, but uh, I would give it to Giannis as well just because, um, I mean, even us, we weren't really – I mean, we knew the Bucks were going to be good this year, but we even in our pre yeah. preview shows – we still thought, I mean, I thought Oladipo I injury not being included in it, we thought the Pacers would be a far better team. Yeah. Um, and they just have, sh- I mean, and you got to give a lot of credit to the coach, Budenholzer. Yeah, you do. Um, he's top five coach probably in the league right now. And he gets coach of the year, I think. He, it's between him and Kerr probably. Yeah, I think he gets coach of the year. Um, and... I think uh, his system, what he's done there in Milwaukee, has worked out really well for them. But Chris Middleton's going to be Pacer next year, so yeah. it doesn't matter for them. Ah uh, man, I would I would lose it if Chris Middleton became our, a member Middleton, of our team. Middleton, West Matthews, and we just start shooting threes every game. Yeah, exactly. Wow, fantastic if we got him. All right, the last thing I, on would, the docket, I would pick Giannis as well, though. Yeah, definitely. The last thing on the docket: the Boogie Cousins technical foul. Do you guys see this? Um, I heard about it. I think I didn't see it. I don't. I don't think so it. there was a play where I can't remember who they were playing. I think it was the Hornets. Yeah, it was the Hornets. And uh, somebody's shoe fell off right in the middle during a defensive play. He just picked it up, casually tossed it to the sidelines, 
and uh, he got a technical foul. It was a young ref who gave it to him. He fr- he was super upset about it after the game. He said, "Yeah, I just threw it across to the sideline so I wouldn't tear my Achilles again." And he got a technical foul for that. <laughs> I think his uh, his reputation preceded him a little bit. The ref might oh, have yeah. he was just tossing it in the crowd, being an asshole. But you know, I, I personally like Boogie Cousins. You know, he's he's kind of seems like one of those guys that's hard to play with, maybe or his reputation in the past, but. He's always honest up front, and he's a damn good player. He he said himself he's he's had some defensive liabilities this year, just getting back into shape. But I mean, he's going to win a title, and then we'll see what happens. But yeah, he's actually not... released about forty minutes ago that they actually just rescinded it as well. They rescinded it. Oh, there you go. I did something I didn't know. Yeah, I did not see that. Um, so I can't really give you an insight on the technical foul. But like you said, his reputation precedes him. Uh, I think. Uh, what was I going to say? Um, one of the funniest things I saw, and this is not Warriors related, or this is Warriors related, not Cousins related, was the video of Draymond Green like getting hurt. Did you see that? No. He So Draymond Green g- gets hurt, and he's like hopping around on like oh, one yes, leg, and then eventually he ends up on, in, right in front of Steve Kerr. He doesn't even realize. And the entire time Steve Kerr is just sitting there, he has no idea what's going on. And then he just looks down when Draymond's on the ground, and he's like, oh, shit, what just happened? So he's, like, literally just staring in la-la land while he's staring at Draymond, doesn't know what's going on, and then Draymond's on the green, he's on the ground, and he's like, oh, my God, what just happened? So I thought that was actually pretty hilarious. Yeah. Silence. Silence. You got anything to add, Jared? <laughs> I agree with Cousins, though. I mean, it's a completely ridiculous call. It's just... yeah. Safety comes first, and it's just as an official, you know, they are they are they are human, and they certainly will make mistakes, as you know, we all know from the Pacers Pistons game last night. Oh yeah. Um, but it's just, come on, man! Like players will scream at you throughout the game, and you see a player just toss a shoe to the side, and that's the time that you're going to call a technical. Yeah, that, really, it was, it was wild. That's just. Come on, man. That's petty. Back to Steve Kerr, I feel like it'd be pretty easy just to space out watching the Warriors. You're up by 20. Oh, yeah, you're not really paying attention. In. You're kind of just sitting there like... You got to come there, and you got you got your patented speech ready to go trying to get those guys to play together. Yeah. But, I mean, you're pretty uh, okay with them just playing, and you can just space out during at least 25% of games. You can just be like, okay, I'm going to take tonight off. <laughs> so, that's all you got. That's all I got. Was a, a docket filled. Uh, How was that uh, first around the association there for you, Jared? Fantastic. Fantastic. Couldn't say it better myself. <laughs> um, all right, so that's going to wrap up all the uh, meat and potatoes of this podcast. So I'm going to start with a closing here. A few topics to close out on. First off, born ready to pot Hooters night. We've been pitching this on Twitter, and we said it on the last few episodes. Coming on March 24th, yes, it's on a Sunday, the Pacers play at 5 o'clock p.m. at the Fieldhouse against the Denver Nuggets, yep. and we are going to be there in the bar area. Uh, so it's recommended 21+. plus. Uh, you can come if you're under 21, but you will have to sit in a different section, but you can still be just as loud because the games are on everywhere. So uh, Sunday, March 24th, 5 o'clock, we'll be there. We're not reserving any tables because it could just be us three showing up as far as we, we know. We might give them a call. We might give them a call and give them a heads up. Um, but uh, just come to the bar. There's plenty of seating there. Sit at the bar, get a table, bring your friends. Uh, we're hoping to have some former Pacers players there. Uh, 
David Harrison's going to make it there if he's in town. He's not sure yet. And then Chris Copeland, we also invited him. So he knows about it. And if David comes – so if David doesn't come, there's no way Chris Copeland comes. So we have to get David to be there. And then also uh, Jeremiah Johnson, Pat Boylan, Scott Agnes, we've invited them as well. They'll have to come after the game. But maybe we can get them to buy some shots or buy them some shots. Maybe they can buy us some shots. Loosen up. Let them loosen up a bit. Did you have a point to add? I will say, I think the second round of the tournament will be going on too. So like the Sweet 16 games. Yes. Uh, also, right. yeah, March Mad- actual March Madness games will be going on there yeah. too. So we'll have all that going on. It's going to be cr- – it's just going to be completely insane. Like I said, there could be five people there. There could be a hundred. I don't know. But even if there's five people there, we're still going to have a hell of a time. Yeah. Um, also, I love this time of year. <laughs> yeah. Also coming up, uh, the March Madness tournament that we're doing for the Indiana Pacers, the Players Tournament, that'll be here. More details on that in the upcoming weeks. We have made the bracket, I will say. We Hawk has made the bracket. He put a lot of time into it. Don't pay too much attention to the seedings. Yeah, uh, we try to get them kind of close, but you know, if you don't have anything, to, if you don't, if you disagree with something, in I some don't of care. the seedings, we just put them in there because we wanted first certain first round matchups. I will say Antonio Davis is playing Dale Davis in the first round. That's so going to be, be an epic matchup. Yeah. I feel like Dale's going to squeak him out on that though. Maybe. Um, again, on the T-shirts, Born Raider Pod store is open. Go check it out. We got uh, your T-shirts, hoodies. Uh, Hawks wearing one right now. I wish you guys could see it. It's a great t-shirt. Great t-shirt. Uh, I bought one same color and style. So uh, they actually uh, take a little bit to be made, but once you get them, it's just a great thing to add to your collection. So make sure you check that out. Even if you got a baby who's a fan, we got onesies on there, as I yep. mentioned. Um, and then last point here before we close up, big news out of the front. We uh, have been in touch with the Pacers PR guy, David Binner. Uh, we've been in his email, and we are in the process. And I'm not going to say it's confirmed yet because you know stuff could happen. Yeah. But we are in the process of scheduling an interview next week with Thaddeus Young. Which would be an all-time interview. An all-time get. Um, we're going to make it fun if we get the interview scheduled. I'm sure he gets a bunch of questions all the time, even now at this point of the season. Uh, what's the intensity like out there in the game? How do you guys play together? Blah, 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 blah. Do you think you'll make the playoffs? We're just going to make it a fun interview. Yeah. Uh, Thad's a nice guy, um, and we're just going to try to have a fu- quick, fun interview, 15, 20 minutes, um, and uh, hopefully at the end get him to uh, commit long-term to the Pacers. We want to break that news. So, Like I said, it's not set in stone. I don't want to get everybody's hopes up, especially my own, um, but we are in the process of doing it. We're a lot farther ahead today than we were a month ago yeah by far but all we had to do was piss off david benner in the process <laughs> apologies to david benner but sometimes in the podcast world there's no rules yeah, there is. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do and uh that's what we certainly did so make sure if we get that we'll make an announcement and you guys check that out so that'll wrap up episode 39 of the podcast jared we appreciate you filling in today for uh jake light so uh, we hope you had as much fun as we did, and hope maybe sometime you know you can be another guest guest rotation and uh, once uh, one of us is out again. Absolutely, thank you guys for having me. It was it was absolutely a pleasure to be here. All right, well thanks a lot. And we're gonna end this on uh, Jaw Rule song. You're gonna play some Jaw Rule in the background. <laughs> See ya. See you guys. Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. 
So whether you're playing a game at home, yes, cool, or attending one live, no! you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement, other restrictions apply.